and welcome back to The Sesh. I'm Kendall Ray. I'm Janelle. Welcome back to episode eight. We are very happy to have you back. Today we are going to be having a therapy sesh is what we're going to be calling it. Yeah, first of many, hopefully. We've had this idea since we thought of this podcast back a long time ago Mm -hmm. that we wanted to have some episodes where we get into some pretty deep and emotional discussions. It's going to be a therapeutic conversation and we're going to color. We're going to have some tea. We're Mm -hmm. just going to really open up to you guys and get our emotions out. You know, it's good to talk about your feelings. It's good to talk about your fears. It's good to cry. Yes. We both believe in that. Yes, absolutely. And obviously this podcast is supposed to be fun and lighthearted for the most part, but at the same time, I feel like it's important to both of us to be able to have a platform that we can really open up to about the things that aren't, you know, so happy and great because obviously our lives are not happy and great all the time. Um, And recently in particular, we've been going through a lot in our personal lives. Um, Our grandmother passed away a little over a week ago now, and it has been um, very hard. Obviously, I don't know if you guys have been keeping up. We mentioned it a few times here. but um, If you've been watching the show, you probably know. We've talked about our grandma a few times, Mm -hmm. and we'll talk more about that experience in this episode. Right. Um, Because we're actually going to be talking about our thoughts on grief, Mm -hmm. um, spirituality, our thoughts on what happens when you die. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Some heavy stuff. Exactly. So definitely a warning to you. This is going to be a deep episode, but hopefully you'll find it interesting. We both have some things to say. Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, obviously like we're calling it therapy sesh, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) I want to make this very clear. Like, please, if you are actually needing therapy, please go seek therapy. Um, I am not a therapist to you and neither is Kendall. So. And we're not giving each other therapy either. Like no, we are not clear. We yeah. both have our own therapist. Yes, we're we having do. a family therapeutic yeah. discussion. We just felt like it was kind of a fitting term. And so, yeah. and honestly, we'll see how this goes. Cause n- not gonna lie. It's a little nerve wracking. I'm kind of feeling the stress already yeah. talking about all this so soon after we lost our grandma and we mm-hmm. debated like, should we do this? Mm-hmm. Should we not? But we think it's going to be good for us. Yeah. And hopefully good for some of you out there. I know so many of you commented that you've recently lost loved ones. Yes. and This is um, such a weird, weird time uh, with, you know, this pandemic and everything. And so I yeah. think there's an extra layer on top of it to talk about is losing a loved one during this because that is just so weird in and of itself. Yeah, it really has been. And so, yeah, we are hoping that um, this will be something that you guys enjoy and are cool with us, you know, taking a step back and being a little bit more serious. Yeah, I think a lot of you will actually really like this type of episode. As we said before, it helps us both to talk about emotional things like this and kind of free ball it, if you will. Yes. A little more than our other episodes where we're a little more structured. If we have coloring books. (laughs) Yeah. I know so many of you relate to this. I saw so many comments last time Mm -hmm. that are like, oh yeah, I always like to doodle or, you know, do something with something. Yeah. Yeah, it, me, is it really helpful, helps. It especially just our like ADD overstimulated millennial minds these days. Yeah. Like we got to have constant something going on. So mm-hmm. it does kind of help to get the juices flowing when you're able to not be staring right into the camera. <laughs> yeah, the camera is definitely intense. And and like I said, we're going to be talking about real stuff. This is heavy for us. Yeah. And yeah, I think a lot of you appreciate us opening up like that. But before we get too serious, mm-hmm. we are going to start in a fun note yes, and we are. start with our Spicy. topics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> opening up with this week, people, Ellen oh, big update. says she's sorry. Mm-hmm. And it kind of went down like you said. <laughs> I, I had quite a few people tweeting me and being like, hey, it's exactly what Janelle said. That was funny. Hey, man, she comes out. She's what is she's like? Hey, guys, welcome to season 18. We'll play a few clips here. I'll yeah, throw them in. Let's put in some clips. All right. If you haven't seen. It. I'm sure a lot of you have. Yeah, for real. Oh, boy. Welcome to season 18 of the Ellen DeGeneres show. If you're watching because you love me, thank you. If you're watching because you don't love me, welcome. All right. Let's get to it. Um, as you may have heard, this summer there were allegations of a toxic work environment at our show. And then there was an investigation. I learned that things happened here that never should have happened. I take that very seriously, and I want to say I am so sorry to the people who were affected. We have had a lot of conversations over the last few weeks about the show, our workplace, and what we want for the future. We have made the necessary changes, and today we are starting a new chapter. Also, articles in the press and on social media that said that I am not who I appear to be on TV because I became known as the Be Kind Lady. The truth is, 
I am that person that you see on TV. I am also a lot of other things. I, sometimes I get sad. I get mad. I, I get anxious. I get frustrated. I get impatient. And I am working on all of that. And if I've ever let someone down, if I've ever hurt their feelings, I am so sorry for that. If that's ever the case, I have let myself down and I've hurt myself as well because I always try to grow as a person. So first of all, can I say her outfit choice is a little interesting to me? <laughs> like white on white? <laughs> Who dressed her? And with the blonde, it just looks a little like she's a little like, white. She's holy and pure. A little white. A little white. I don't know. Maybe they were trying to make her, yeah, look like an angel. Pure Ellen. Pure Ellen? Yeah. Mm, I don't think so. Um, she was very also funny and inappropriate times I felt like and like, and it like was uncomfortably funny and unnaturally exactly trying to be funny like she wanted so badly to come off as lighthearted we're just gonna go in and just it's all good I'm like just, I'm gonna address right. this you yeah. know I'm not gonna run from it but right. like it hasn't destroyed me guys no, I'm fine it's okay but she looks kind of I don't know to me she looks a little tired she looks really? a little, like haggard to me like she's <laughs> she been through a lot this great. summer yeah she I was tired like that's not I, think I mean, I think we really... all look a little tired, honestly. Shit, yeah, that's but true. I look tired or post-pandemic, I, I yeah, think. Yeah, right, everyone, <laughs> you but know. I don't know. She just looks like she's been really upset about this. Yeah, and I think she's probably been through a lot of stress, too, because not only has her show been under, you know, critique, but then her actual character, like her personal yes. character has been. And so she dressed like... I know that I've been named as like the, the be nice to people mm -hmm. person or whatever, but I'm also just a human in general. Like I, I get angry and I get frustrated and I get upset and blah, blah, blah. And so it's I'm okay. Human too. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, I agree with that. But that doesn't mean you can be an asshole though. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I still feel like her image is going to be forever damaged like this. Like I said, I agree. and you know, it's interesting to see, you got to go to YouTube, the likes to dislikes. It tells you so much. Oh, yeah. Her apology is currently sitting at 29,000 likes to 63,000 dislikes. So didn't do so well. Wow. That's really bad. That's really For Ellen, bad. awkward. And I mean, is that because it's a lot of younger people that don't really watch her show anyway and just think she's an asshole because they've heard things? <laughs> Maybe. Or, and like the majority of people that actually watch on TV would give her a thumbs up. Yeah, like yeah, it'd yeah. be interesting to have... That ratings type on of, TV. Yeah. It, that would be spicy. That would be cool. Like if all of the late shows had like ratings. Yeah. That'd be cool. Like that. Cool. Yeah. Keep these people in check. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. Not so great. I think this will forever be a stain on Ellen DeGeneres' mm -hmm. shirt. I agree. Ooh, on her shirt. On her fucking on her shirt. White, on her white shirt. White ass <laughs> shirt. I don't know. We'll see. She made this weird comment that people were like, e awkward. She was like, being known as the quote, be kind lady is a tricky position to be in. So mm -hmm. let me give you some advice out there. If anybody is thinking of changing their title or giving yourself a nickname, do not go with the quote, be kind lady. Don't do it. She joked, admitting she can often be upset, impatient, and angry. I was like, eh. well, ha ha ha. <laughs> but you didn't really give yourself that nickname. People started calling you that and think of you that way because you've tried to like preach about it. It's right. not that you've just been like, I called myself that. It's that you preach about it in every show. And mm. the end of the show says, be kind to one another. And then you're an asshole, it sounds like. Totally. And she didn't deny it. Like, no. it'd be different if she was like, there's a lot of rumors in Hollywood yeah. and like, you never know. And I don't think I'm an asshole, but no, she pretty much was like, yeah, I'm kind of impatient. And <laughs> she said it in a pretty like blanketed way, I felt. Like, I think he should have just owned up to it. There's some, a lot of people that have accounts like Nikki tutorial is a huge yeah. YouTuber. She's one of the top YouTubers and she said a lot of shit. Yes. Like, I agree. I think she could have addressed all that, but did I expect her to? Absolutely not. No, She's not going to bring more attention to no. it than she has to. But I think her fake, like people are so over fake nowadays. Terrible. You know? And it just felt so fake. Uh, uh, speaking of fake, how about the audience? What the hell? <laughs> if you guys didn't see, they were like these giant yeah, vertical like screens. TV screens Terrible. that had like zoomed in people's faces that people were like calling in, you know, video yeah. conferencing. And they're probably whatever. like Ellen's top fans. Yeah, it was so cringe. I, I like, want someone that's going to boo from their screen. Me too. Like, I want someone to like Ellen. flash their butt at their butt. <laughs> 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 make this of a little more spicy something yeah you know what's oh kind of God. funny is her apology kind of ended up being like tana's how we talked about how <laughs> hers was so like trying to make light of it and like cover all the points and and it's interesting that they were both wearing fucking white like what's up with the white maybe they think it makes them look like pure that's got to be it and innocent yeah innocent so i don't know 
I think Ellen's pretty fucked. <laughs> we heard it here first, folks. Ellen is pretty fucked. We'll see. We'll see how this ends up, but I don't know. Moving on. <laughs> Carol Baskin is in the news today. She's also pretty fucked. Yeah, well, she... She's close to being fucked. Yeah, she saved, got saved. Yeah, she did. So if you don't know, this past episode of Dancing with the Stars was on last Tuesday. It was the second episode. And um, I guess during this episode, they aired a clip of Carol. It was like kind of behind the scenes, like get to know the celebrity, you know, like the little clips they'll, yeah. they'll film beforehand. They're just juicy tidbits to get exactly. people to come and watch. Well, hers was like basically getting really upset and crying on camera. I personally actually even have, haven't seen the clip because I haven't been able to find it on the internet. I Um, saw a tiny bit of it somewhere. There's a preview of it. We'll play it, but it only shows like a flash of it. Um, so I haven't even seen the whole thing, but I've heard it was a lot of just saying that she's really upset at the fact that she's gotten so much backlash and that her family has gotten like, you know, the heat of it as well. I keep it inside. That is the absolute worst. Okay, so she said, the hardest part of the cruel and untrue portrayal of me and Tiger King has been watching what has been done to my family. Imagine millions of people have been convinced your spouse or mother or someone did something so heinous and you knew it wasn't true. What would that be like for you? So that's what she was saying, but... I mean, I kind of get that. I do feel for her in some way that that's really sad. If she yeah. didn't actually do anything. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, but how do we know she didn't internet? do anything? <laughs> I'm just saying justice oh for God. Don Lewis. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I got to look more into that and see the, I know, the I don't full, know, you know, evidence, but I don't know. I just, hmm. well, she ended up getting like tied for lowest score with NBA player, Charles Oakley, but the judges decided to keep Carol. And my guess is because, She's way more better, like for views. <laughs> Absolutely, like hello. Right. So, so, so I've never seen Dancing with the Stars. To be honest with you, neither have I. Really, clips. I think it's yeah. stupid. But personally, sorry if you're a big fan. <laughs> I know there's a lot of people that love that show. It's okay if you do. <laughs> but um, I'm pretty sure that it's voted on by fans, like that American is. Idol or something. Mm-hmm. It's not even on anymore. Yes, it, I think it is. So yeah, I guess their only choice is the judges get the last say. Right. They're like, who can we keep? For ratings. And Carol's like the big name on the show this season for sure. Oh, yeah. Totally. Gotta keep her for another. They probably have a whole nother tiger dance. Well, the the last one was, it's all like all animal themed. I don't know if you saw the second dance she did. It's like some other animal oh, thing. She's wearing like it. this cheetah print dress. Can I see it real fast? Yes. It's quite interesting. What's new, pussycat? Whoa, 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 whoa. What's new, pussycat? Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's new, pussycat? This is so uncomfortable. Oh no, this is so degrading. My God. Wow. So what is going to be the final song? Are they going to theme all her songs? Probably. Okay. So what other cat songs are there? That much longer though. Yeah. Well, we've got next week. You think it's going to be cat theme song? We're going to take a bet right now. What's new pussycat? Whoa. (laughs) Here are some other songs that she could possibly use. Maybe she'll use some of them. These are all cat songs. Cool for cats by squeeze. (laughs) The love cats by the cure. The Lion Sleeps Tonight by the Tokens. I bet you they'll break out the lion. They're like, (laughs) bet you anything that's next week. They're like, oh, she sucks. We're only going to have to keep her around for another week. The audience is going to vote her out. We can only justify it so long. (laughs) Nashville Cats by the Love and Spoonfill. The Alley Cats by Hot Chip. Phenomenal Cats by the Kinks. Cats on the Tin Roof. By Blonde Redhead, Pads, Paws, and Claws by Elvis Costello. How about everybody wants to be a cat? Hallelujah. Everybody. That is the best movie. Ever. I love the Aristocats. So good. If you don't know what it is, then I feel sorry for yeah, you. Yeah, sad life for you, Liv. Uh, so good. And the last one is When He Calls Me Kitten by Kelly Deal. So we'll when see. Maybe one of those kitten. will be the next oh, one. I bet you anything it's going to be cat themed. Of course it will be. Carol so we'll have to see guys on the next episode. We'll have an update on what song Carol dances to next week. Carol Bearskin. All right. Quick update on TikTok. This is only going to take a few minutes, guys. Oh, right. Yes. Because last week we are corrected. Yeah. Well, we well, didn't report it wrong. It was correct at the time. Yeah. But then it came out shortly after that it was going to stay. So far it has stayed. TikTok. But TikTok has stayed. However, I'm confused. Like, okay, so recently Oracle and Walmart announced that the creation of a new company, TikTok Global, an independent company headquarters in the U.S. And so they basically made their own company called TikTok Global. And what they were going to do is 
Oracle and Walmart were going to join together and own 20% of TikTok Global. And then they were going to have TikTok Global said that they could be valued up to $60 billion. And then ByteDance was valued at $110 billion. And so basically they're kind of fighting about really like, I don't think it's anything that has actually been solved yet is the bottom line. Wow. And I also believe that um, ByteDance has apparently announced that they will retain 80% stake until um, TikTok goes public or until ByteDance goes public as a company. So I guess that, you know, means that if they do go public, then Oracle and Walmart and all the American investors are going to have to pay a lot more of a premium. And so it's just kind of a giant mess. And honestly, I don't really, I feel like it's changing all the time. Yeah. By the time this episode goes up, it'll probably be different. We really thought that was the end of TikTok last week, but Mm, then it was like like, an hour later. (laughs) Yeah. I don't, I was like, I knew it was going to end. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. I know. So they'll figure it out. I don't know what they're doing, though. It's kind of stupid. Gen Z would rage. Gen Z would raid the right White House, kill Donald Trump. It'd be a disaster. TikTok, TikTok ended the world. TikTok started <laughs> that's World War the pandemic. III. Yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, my gosh. Anyways, that's our spicy topics for the week, guys. And now we're going to make a cup of tea. Yes. Ooh. <laughs> we have some delicious Earl Grey here, some cream and honey. This is almond milk creamer, by the way. Oh, wonderful. I know. I love that. I find tea to be so comforting. Oh, yeah. My mom always made me tea growing Mm -hmm. up. Same. It's the most ultimate, like, comfort drink. It is. Although I like coffee, too. Coffee's good. What do you like better, coffee or tea? I go back in stages, but me too. I think, honestly, like, tea tea. really has my heart and soul. Me too. I think tea for me. You have the cutest little dishes. Thanks. Kendall's like the most touristy tourist. Her <laughs> fucking kitchen is filled with all these cute little like dishes and gadgets and things galore. I know. I like things to look very like homey yes. and cozy. I'm like, here, put this carton of milk in the fridge and call it good. And she's like, put in this little nice glass <laughs> container here that I got from some cute Creamer little thing. Etsy shop, probably. <laughs> or World I love Market. Etsy. I think that's from World Market. Love some World Market too. Mm-hmm. So obviously this one is a little hard to dive into. Yeah, where do you start? <laughs> All right, where do we start? Well, I guess we can start by talking about what's recently happened. Yeah, let's do that. So I actually lost my grandfather as well, like a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, so it happened all within a month. So it's been really hard uh, mentally to deal with that. Yeah. It's a lot of loss all at once. Yeah. I'm sure, you know... There are people, it, it does happen. You know, I've heard mm-hmm. of people who like all their grandparents pass within a few weeks. Yeah. It's just been like really intense to deal with. And, you know, luckily I feel like I haven't had that many experiences with death in my life. I've been relatively lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, I've lost grandparents, but you know, they're grandparents. It's not oh. a tragedy. Mm-hmm. It's, they lived long lives. Yep, They weren't like killed in an accident. Huh. Um, so I've never lost someone in a tragic way that was truly in my inner circle. I lost a few friends, I guess you could say. They weren't close friends, though, to suicide in high school. It was probably my first experience with someone dying. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really hard. But I haven't, like, had, you know, that immediate. I haven't lost a parent. I haven't lost a spouse or a sure. best friend or someone who right. was, like, really that big of a part of your life. And so like part of me feels really grateful for that, you know, and that my grandparents did live so long. And um, our grandmother, she, as we explained, she passed from Alzheimer's, Mm -hmm. which is incredibly hard to deal with and very weird because it kind of felt like we were slowly losing her Mm -hmm. over years. Yeah. Like it felt like we were grieving her while she was still alive. Yeah. Which was very Weird Very and confusing weird. for your mind, I feel, because you're like trying to, because you know, typically what, not typically, pretty much always what the end of, the end result of Alzheimer's will be. And right. so you kind of have to like, at least from what my experience was, was like, you're kind of trying to prepare yourself, but also cherish the moments you have, but also understand what the ultimate thing is going to be so that there's a like dark thing in the back of your head that's like, it's never going to be this good. It's only going to get worse from here. And yeah. so it's like, 
it's hard to balance. Like, do I grieve them? Do I cherish the moments do I, that I have with them right now? Like doing all that at once is, is confusing. And I think not, you know, Alzheimer's is not the only thing where people go through that. Of course there's t- tons and tons of diseases where people are slowly, you know, getting their lives mm-hmm. taken from them or leaving this life. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I think a lot of people can, can relate to the fact of like, you're slowly watching someone leave knowing what the end result will be. And you're trying to navigate, like, how do you go about mourning them while they're still here and also trying to, you know, savor the moments you do have with them? Yeah. And then it's it's a strange thing when they do pass because part of you feels like you've already grieved a lot and you're almost like, I feel weird even saying this, but relieved in a way yeah. because they were suffering so much. Right. And, I mean, I spent... I gave my grandmother her last meal actually. Um, and it was just my last moments with her were really, really hard. And it's just like, I didn't want her to suffer like one more day. Like I never wanted to see her like that again. Like, yeah. it, you know, when, and if you've seen Alzheimer's before you can, you see it goes downhill fast sometimes. Like our grandma was okay. Like a few weeks ago. Yeah. And then it was like, it seemed like overnight, she just really went downhill mm-hmm. and you know, I, I mean, luckily I did have one moment where she remembered who I was, but most of the time I was with her, she didn't remember. And I know you had the same experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, that sucks. <laughs> it's, t- yeah, it's, that's the thing too, is like the timing, you never really know the timing, right? Like you can never mm-hmm. plan out when someone's going to like how a disease is going to progress. Mm-hmm. So it can like all of a sudden switch. Like you said, you know, a month or two ago, she was she was steadily declining. However, she was, you know, to the point where you were able to have a conversation with her in the moment about, you know, something that was, you know, going on in the moment or, you know, a very old memory she had. Yes. Um, she was able to carry on, you know, complete sentences. And singing. Was able to sing. I mean, actually, she was singing on the last time I saw her, too. She, she was. was still singing. Like, that. I love that about her. Yes. Like, she never forgot the lyrics to songs no, that she never. loved. I love that. Yeah. So, you know, and then all of a sudden she, um, it, it kind of got really bad all of a sudden. There's yeah. really not an explanation as to why I guess that just sometimes happens. And so, and it's been harder because we haven't been able to see her because of the pandemic. Yeah. Like so, we've had like, you know, almost six months leading up to all this that we haven't, haven't been able to go there. We're not allowed to. Yeah. Um, they eventually started doing outdoor visits like right before she went downhill, but eventually she couldn't come outside anymore because right. she was in such bad condition. Um, so it, it's, I'm feeling a lot of guilt about that too, about like, maybe I should have fought. I know, like, I know I, it's for a reason. I'm happy that they have these, you know, like we said last time, the rules that they're following because of COVID, there are other patients in there. Mm -hmm. I understand why they've had to limit all of that. Right. But yeah, I do. I feel like I should, maybe I should have fought harder to go and see her or uh, it's just hard. Cause it's like, it's so final now, you know? And that's how I felt with my grandpa too is like I wanted, I wish I had seen him more. Um, that's, I mean, I think that's how anyone feels. Right. Like you always wish you had more time with someone. It's just the idea like, will I ever see them again? And that's a really hard thought. And I think everyone has like, you know, we've talked a lot about everyone has such different religious ideas of yeah. what happens. What happens after this. And if you don't have anything like super concrete then it can be really hard to just like wonder. Right. You know, and, and I like to, I'm, I find myself to be like a pretty spiritual person, but I do believe that life continues somehow, but I want, I still find myself questioning like, will I ever reconnect? Yes. With their spirit, whether life does live on, you know, it's just that forever, forever is such a long time. Yeah. It is. It's just like, and it makes you feel like the time you did have with them is like nothing. Right. It's like 20 years went by so fast. And I feel like, and I think a lot of you guys will be able to relate to this, um, this feeling of guilt of like, why did I not take advantage of more time when I had with them when I was younger? And I, I find Mm -hmm. myself being like, God, you know, you idiot. Like you should have paid more attention when you were around them and not been so caught up in like, no offense, Kendall, but whatever Kendall was doing and like so obsessed with yourself and like sat down and talked to them about their lives Mm -hmm. more. And like, obviously I did that when I was, you know, later on in years, but I think it's like at the same time that you can't like, you know, shit on yourself too much because that's just, you're being, that's, 
you're a child growing up and as a kid. So it's this fine line of like Mm -hmm. trying to not feel guilty. Um, And I think a lot of people can relate to that sense of like losing grandparents and now coming to this realization of like, shit, like I wasted time and now it's too late. I know there were, I, there's so many things I wanted to know before my grandma got Alzheimer's and yes, I didn't, you know, remember a lot of things. Um, Mm -hmm. There's so many questions I have for my grandparents that I lost. Yep. Absolutely. You know, just about their childhood. It'd be nice to just have everything like written down or I wish I got them to like sit down and do a video. And it's always like, it's hard to accept, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and like you said, not feel guilty about it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, I think it's all about trying to understand that this is something that everyone has to go through. You know, it's not. Yeah. That's the other thing is that it's death is so weird because it's, the most like prominent thing, right? Like it happens to everyone, right? Everyone and everything is going to die here. Well, not here maybe, but it's going to die at some point. So, Mm -hmm. and what does that really mean? Like, I think we have such an incorrect interpretation of death. Well, I think it's so unknown and we're so scared of it because of that. And so society has put this really big Mm -hmm. weight on death because it's so it's, it's extremely final, Mm -hmm. but it's also the most like unknown thing ever is what happens after you die. Yeah. And, I think a lot of people would, you know, disagree and say like, oh, I, I know in my heart, like I have strong faith and yeah. And that's not what I'm saying. Like, I'm not trying to discount that, but what I'm saying is like at the end of the day, there is no, like, here's the videos of my grandparent from heaven or whatever you want to call (laughs) it. Hey, we're here. This is the way. Here's my room tour of heaven. Like there's nothing that Mm -hmm. like, you don't know at the end of the day. No, no one does. And I mean, if you feel really confident in your religion and your beliefs of, or whether you're not like in an organized religion, you just feel confident in your personal beliefs because that's what you feel. Then Mm -hmm. that's so cool. And I like to think I'm like that, but there's still a part of me that's like so unsure that. Oh yeah. It would be nice to just sometimes I am jealous of people that are part of an organized religion because they just have this to fall back on and to be, you know, to at the end of the day, like really believe in and and it gives them faith to keep going. That's why they say faith. Sure. Faith. Absolutely. And sometimes I'm jealous of that. Totally. Because sometimes that that would be easier than this. Just like, I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? And like, I kind of believe in reincarnation and I kind of believe in spiritual planes and like, sure. I mean, I'm all over the place. Like sometimes I kind of believe that you become an alien and go live on a different planet. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm there too. Right. 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 So it's just like the, I've truly, I truly believe that we are not supposed to understand this. And that's part of the human experience is that humans are not supposed to know what happens to you when you die or what the true purpose of life is. If there is one, because yeah. that's the human experience is like, living and not knowing that. Right. And I, I think that's a burning question in so many people. And that's why so many people try to fill that question try to figure their it whole out. life. Yeah. People spend their whole lives trying to figure out what's, what's going on for, or living their lives in order to get to a certain right. next life, whatever that may be to yes. you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Which I think is interesting in and of itself. Like, do we live our lives in the moment or are we living our lives for the hope of another life? I don't know. Anyways. So, yeah, I mean, I guess should we start from like where we grew up, kind of like yeah, how we were raised? Let's start from the beginning. Okay. My first experience with death, I guess, was I had a babysitter who told me that people die. <laughs> Which <laughs> what the fuck? I know. I know that's so true. I'll never forget this. Like, I was hey, you so play young. house. They're like, yeah, except for this person's dead. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's kind of weird, but. I remember so clearly we were at the bottom of my stitch kitchen staircase talking and she told me that, yeah, people die. And I looked at her like so upset, like I must have looked so horrified. I remember that moment so clearly. And I'm, yeah, I'm so sure. young. And I was like, what? People die. And she was like, but don't worry, like you get to go to heaven and you get to build a castle made of anything you want. That's- like mine is going to be made of pearls and blah, blah. She started telling me about hers. And she was like, and you got to make one, too. And I was like, kind of into that. I, I would have like, been like, oh, hell castle. no. I would have like, that's scary. I was, I was low key scared, but honestly, I think it was good for me to think about it so young. Like I kind of got over my fear of it pretty young. Like I've never been super afraid of death the way that you've really struggled yeah. with it. And we'll talk more about that. Mm-hmm. But another thing that I did when I was younger, I thought of this today. Um, I had this book called chicken soup for the soul, which I'm sure tons of you know this book. Have you ever heard of that? I've book? heard of it. 
So I'm it. pretty sure it's a Christian series actually, oh. but I got it from some girl at school and <laughs> she gave it to me and it had a whole section in it on death and dying. They're like these short sto- stories. I'm pretty sure they were not like real stories. They were just like made up little yeah. short stories. And there was a whole section on death and dying and I was obsessed with it. Like it was the only section of the book I would read. I'd read the stories over and over and over again. And there was this one story about this girl. It was called, I'm pretty sure Rebecca's rainbow. And it was about this girl who like died in a car accident when she was young, like 10 or something. Yeah. You were walking around reading this shit. Yeah. I was like really into it. Um, And I was just kind of like moved by it because the whole story was like, she sent her mom a rainbow after she died from heaven. It was like the whole thing. And, I, that kind of was very comforting to me. And I used to always think about, you know, people sending things yeah, from the yeah. other side. And I guess that was probably like a Christian concept looking back at it from that book. But I don't know what, something always really fascinated me about death. And I think there's something kind of, I hope this isn't taken wrong, but I think it's somewhat beautiful in like a weird way. And um, I think that's, part of the reason why I've always been kind of interested in true crime and like telling the stories of people who have passed because I think it's like, if I don't know how to explain it, do you know what I'm trying to say? (laughs) Yeah, I actually kind of do. I mean, I don't know how to make this not sound weird. No. Well, I feel like honestly, in a lot of ways there are so many cultures that celebrate death. There are um, really, you know, worship, those who have passed on and, mm-hmm. and, and really and tell take, the stories. Right. And really like take it seriously as like something that is, you know, almost like an honor to die. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I also think that that's a really co- interesting conversation to bring up in general is like the different cultures of, you know, some people kind of, some people have celebrated death in the past. Some people's culture is like death is scary some people say you go to heaven it's Mm -hmm. it's very interesting that we all are kind of trying to find what fits us best so i I get i get what you're trying to say because i think Mm -hmm. that that's valid that you're not the only one that thinks that i think that a lot of people would would agree that there's something to be i think honoring someone's life or telling talking about someone once they have passed is really important leaving their legacy right in a way especially like and with this crime stuff that's like you know the last the thing that they would probably want is to for people to solve their murder so it feels like in a way talking about someone who has passed is like letting them live on and you know that's why i've always tried to put in a lot of photos and like really humanize these people they're real people yeah and you know I just want their stories to to live on. And if I can even be a small part of that, I think that's a really beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. There's something that's always really interested me about crime because of that aspect. And I don't know. No. Yeah. I completely agree with that. I am the complete opposite. I <laughs> do are. not find death interesting. I find it absolutely terrifying. <laughs> it's been like my number one fear of my whole life pretty much. And really, I'm surprised you agreed to this episode. I like asked you and thought you were going to be like, no, I don't want to do that. No, I don't mind admitting the fact that I'm f- terrified of death. No, um, not that you would w- not want to admit it, oh, but just that talk you'd just about be it? afraid to talk about it or like too sad. Um, No, because I'm trying to, like, I don't want to be a terrified. I want to be at peace with it. I don't need to be like fascinated by it, but I would like, because I have very bad anxiety when it comes to death and dying and yeah. people that I love dying and mm-hmm. people that I care about getting into weird accidents and mm-hmm. Um, I have, yeah. So, it, and so I think a part of it is that in order to be able to come to peace with that, you have to be able to talk about these things, um, you know, in a way that's, you know, healthy and not, mm-hmm. I, I mean, you have, you have to be able to talk about it. Otherwise it's going to probably scare me for the rest yeah. of my life. Right. Yeah. Sometimes I feel, feel like you just have to face things head on. Yeah. I'll never forget my sister taught me that when we were younger because she had this like terrible fear of the world ending, like so afraid of the whole Mayan calendar, that thing, 2012 thing. Yeah. She was fucking terrified of that. And then she researched it a ton and like learned all this stuff. And then by she like knew so much about it that she wasn't scared of it anymore. Yeah. She like taught me to do that. And I've done it for so many things. And it's very helpful. It really does. Like sometimes you just got to face something or else it's just going to sit there and like stare at you. Yeah. Totally. In your brain. There's a fine line (laughs) between like, 
researching something and trying to like come to terms with it or like it helping you or it totally ruining you. Like I'm very scared of flying. And to this day, I, if I'm in a plane and it's really bad turbulence, I will literally go on my phone. If there's Wi-Fi, I will go on my phone and Google like what reasons why planes are safe. And I'll like literally read an article about why I'm good to go and I'm not going to die. For, and so that's smart. And I think there's, you know, there's, so you pay for Wi-Fi on the flight. Yeah. If I'm scared. <laughs> Kendall's like cheap ass. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, I like weird things like that. So anyways, yeah, there's something to be said about kind of leaning into your fear as well and like trying to mm-hmm. almost ex- not expose yourself because obviously you want to do that very, very carefully. And there's trauma that you would not want to do that with and stuff, but it, there's something to be said about educating yourself of things you are afraid of mm-hmm. in order to kind of maybe normalize it a little bit and make mm-hmm. it not seem so like foreign and unknown and scary. Right. But uh, that being said, I'm still terrified of death. <laughs> <laughs> Can you think of the first time that you felt like really scared of that or remembered like realizing that or the time you realized your own mortality? That sounds so depressing, but, um, I honestly can't think of like a specific time where I was like, oh, people die. When I was a kid, after my parents got divorced and stuff, I went through this period where I was like absolutely terrified of them dying, both of them. And it went away and it's kind of like come and gone. There's been periods of my life where I'm very like nervous about people in my life, like dying randomly or I'm, um, you know, just scared of the thought in general. However, I will say this, um, our grandpa, so... Kendall was saying that her grandpa passed away, but I want to make this clear. Mm -hmm. It was her grandpa on her dad's side. Um, Her mom and my dad are brother and sister. And Mm -hmm. so it was their mom that recently passed away. Yeah. Our grandma. Um, But our other grandpa um, that we share, who was Diane, the recent one that passed away, Mm -hmm. her husband, he, Al, yeah, he passed away um, about a year and a half ago or so. And that was the first time I actually really had experience. Actually, I had never seen someone. Yeah, that was heavy. Yeah, someone who had passed away. Um, I was never, really rough. But at the same time, it was um, almost kind of like that thing of like leaning into your fear and having to like face reality. Mm-hmm. And it it has kind of given me some comfort in a way and like made me a little bit less scared because that was one of my biggest fears ever was mm-hmm. like seeing a dead body in person like I never had. And it was absolutely terrifying that i was i was like you know what i need to suck it up because i'm not gonna live my life being like oh it's too scared to like say goodbye to my grandpa like this is this is good for me and for many reasons and so i'm i do appreciate the fact that i did that i think it was really helpful and me too i found that to be really healing Mm -hmm. um although it was very difficult we had about two weeks of him in the icu on a ventilator just in and out of consciousness yes terrible terrible so to some degree when he passed i was like god at least he's not he was at peace it yeah Yeah. you know that's interesting that was the first time that i was around someone who who was dead you know around a body yeah and that that was that was really weird i kind of had forgot about that i kind of blocked that out but i remember now josh you were in there in the room too and i remember josh saying how it just felt like he was still in there Yes. And it did. It, it felt like he was still did. in the room. Like it, it had, there was like this warmth. It the was, room. it was like this peace. I felt very comforted. Yes. I was surprised. I didn't want to leave the room. I thought for sure uh-huh. I'd be like, Oh, I'm too anxious. I want to get the hell out of yeah. here. And like, I thought so too, but I, it was totally opposite. Um, and it was like kind of this warm. And so that really got me thinking like, okay, is he, is he, is his spirit still in here? Is he like hanging out in this room mm-hmm. for a few hours? And like, I've heard of stuff like that. Because before, whenever I walked into his room, it was like cold and scary and sad and depressing. It was and leading up to that. Literally the next day when we walked in and he had passed, it was like totally different. I was shocked. And it's weird that all of us felt that yes, way. Yes, all of us My did. mom said the same thing, I'm pretty sure. And I don't know if that was because we all knew that he wasn't suffering anymore. Yeah, or, there was a comfort of that um, for sure. But, but I don't know. I think there's something to that. And I mean, like I said, I guess we can get into our kind of spiritual beliefs yeah. now. Um, yeah, I really do believe for the most part that life lives on. I don't believe I'm, I tend to not be someone who thinks that life is all just by chance and then you die and that's it. And it's just Mm -hmm. black forever. And I know a lot of people think that way. We've been talking a lot about different beliefs, Yeah, how everyone in our family has their own take on it and how it's like everyone's healing differently because of their own beliefs. Yeah. 
Um, and yeah, out. some of our family believes that, that that's just it. That's just kind of it. a more atheist approach. Uh-huh. Yeah. Our family, not that there's anything wrong with that was not like our family, like did not, you know, grow up like a specific religion, like a deep you know, religion is not deep running in our family. No, um, no, not in a super serious way. I think our parents both grew up going to church a few times here and there. I think that's kind of just like what, you, what you did. Like yeah. it was more like a social <laughs> thing, I think for them. Yeah, I think so too. But uh, yeah, so we've actually growing up, we've been able to really have that um, freedom to explore like whatever kind Mm -hmm. of religion or lack of uh, we want. And so, yeah, I've I my for most of my life really didn't um, I would I would call myself someone who was not religious and I would still say I'm I'm not religious, but um, I guess I would have considered myself more like atheist agnostic um, growing up. But recently I feel like I found more of this like spiritual side um, to myself in the past few years. And um, that's been really cool and, and, and really comforting in a lot of ways, honestly. Mm-hmm. Me too. Um, and it just, it makes me feel good, but I also like don't want to ever like really put a label on it because I don't really know exactly what I believe and I don't want to force myself like into a box. That's like mm-hmm. something that's really important to me personally is to be able to just kind of like there's no rules to it. Oh, exactly. But like, believe what feels good to me. And if, you know, praying to the universe that day feels good to me, then great. Or if, you know, it's kind of like, I want it to be very personalized to me. And yeah, so that's what it should be. That's the human experience, right? Is like going through this world and everyone has their own take on it and what they consume, what they yeah. believe, what, how they mold throughout mm-hmm. life. That's like what makes it interesting. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I had a very similar, you know, right upbringing to you. Um, other than my mom did bring us to quite a few different churches, just random ones. Like I went to a Lutheran preschool for a little while, and uh, my parents actually brought us to, um, like on every Christmas. They wanted us to understand what Christmas was. My dad was like big into the Christmas story. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Even though my dad's not religious, I'd say my dad's probably like the least. Yeah, he's probably like atheist, honestly. Yeah. My mom's definitely more spiritual agnostic. Totally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they would bring us to the church just so we could get the whole vibe. Okay. And, and they just like sang kids songs. It was yeah. a family service. It sure. was like very low key. Yeah. Yeah. It's a thing. Yeah. And then my mom sometimes would bring us back to that church too, just for Sundays, like randomly throughout the year. And it was always fun. Get donuts and Ooh, get to hang out get donuts. some friends and color. That's and, really interesting. Yeah. yeah it was, it was kind of nice, but it was like a really chill church. I'm pretty sure. I mean, the pastor or whatever was a female. So it was, it was pretty chill vibes there. Um, but I also went to a Catholic church with one of my friends a few times. I went to a Christian, serious Christian church, like a Baptist church across the street from my neighborhood. I used to follow my friend over there all the time. (laughs) That big tan one. Oh yeah. Yeah. The big one. Yeah. 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 Um, I would go there for like a week at a time every day for that VBS for vacation Bible school. Your parents just sent you off. Yeah, they were That's like awesome. free babysitting. Of Hell course. yeah. <laughs> or maybe so there was funny. a little fee. I'm not sure, but that was a pretty fun time. That's just so walked awesome. Over there, I just followed my friend over there. So I kind of got that experience. I've like, I feel like I got a little taste of everything. And my mom brought me to like, um, like the Mile High Church. Or I don't think we actually went to that one. She went. We went to some like Christian Church of Science. Like we've been to like some funky mm-hmm. out there kind of churches. Sure. Getting a little taste of yeah, everything. Yeah, a little taste of everything. That's and so my parents cool. have always just been like, like I'd ask them questions when I was younger. Like I remember asking my mom if she believed in hell mm-hmm. and she'd be like, I don't personally believe in hell, but you know, anything's possible and you can believe whatever you want. Like my parents always were really encouraging of free thought. Sure. Which I so appreciate. Yes. About them. Totally. Yeah. My parents, um, I actually, I don't even think I've literally ever been to a church service. Um, Really? I'm thinking about it, I don't think I've ever been to one. Any no. type of church service. Um, I think I was, I went, I did attend a funeral that was a Catholic funeral. So there oh, okay. was service that. You've been like in that. a church? Yeah, but I've never been to like a regular church service. Um, mm-hmm. My parents like grew up pretty much like non, or like raised me pretty much, you know, I could believe whatever I wanted, but they were like. Yeah. You know, they they had really no thoughts. Not um, a big discussion in the house. No, it was not a big discussion in the house. And um, so I actually, yeah, I never really have been to any, like, many, you know, church services and type of religious worshiping, you know, places and stuff, places of worship in general. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I'm really interested in like, I've always said this, that I would like to go to different places of worship to kind of like, just see what they're about and like get the experience. Not that I'm necessarily interested in like joining, but I'm just like curious what it's like. Um, so that's kind of like yeah, my standpoint is I, I'm like quite on the spectrum of, I have very little experience. I would say no experience with religion. Um, and, uh, you know, now I'm kind of, you know, at this point where I'm tapping into spirituality and it's something that I'm like really enjoying, um, and can, and can see how this whole realm can also, you know, bring a lot of comfort and positivity mm-hmm. into someone's life. Um, 100%. And, you know, I really, really do believe in the power of manifestation. I've, Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, kind of like more recently discovered in the past few years, but it's something that I feel like has been proven to work uh, in my life many times. And so, you know, I don't know if you want to call that like, wh- is it the higher power? Are you the higher power? Are you bringing in vibration from the universe? Whatever it is. Um, yeah. But it is something that's kind of like, I'm always like, oh, thanks universe. Like when, you know, something mm-hmm. goes around, I'm like, oh, hell yeah. Like, you know, you kind of want to take a moment to appreciate the higher yeah. of whatever, or maybe you are yeah. the higher person. I don't know. Yeah. That's such a good point. Yeah. See, I, I live in the same type of realm where it's just kind of like, I'm not sure. Yeah. I've no like boundaries or no. set anything. Like part of me thinks that the universe is like, I'm when I pray, I'm like praying to my ancestors Yeah. Um, or spirit guides. I like to, I like the idea of spirit guides. Um, yeah, I don't have anything like super, like I said, I kind of believe in reincarnation a lot. That is something that has really stuck with me forever. Like from the beginning of time that I can remember, I thought of the idea of coming back. Like that's always something that's felt very natural to me and comforting to me from so interesting. Super, super young. That's been like a natural occurrence. Yes. Actually, like I always sound weird when I try to explain this, but I had this moment. Have you ever had just like a revolutionary thought? Totally. You're just, you'll never forget where you were when you had this one thought. You realized like, a bunch Whoa. of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was picking my sister up with my mom from kindergarten and we were outside of a school and there was this little boy outside, this like blonde three-year-old. And he was like crying. He was like having a fit. And I don't know what it was, but something about that, like I, I felt like I felt his pain. And I had this like thought when I was a kid that like, oh, other people feel pain. And like, I don't even know how to explain it, but I, I literally had the thought that, you know, I could come back as that boy. Him oh, and I are like the same. Like wow. I will feel pain as something else in the future. That's such I a, know that's really weird. No, I don't think that's weird at all. I think that's really interesting because it's like, it makes me think like, okay, was there something more to that? Like, yeah. was your spirit guide or something like talk? Like, did you just have like a little moment right. with them? And what, now, was it, what was it about that? Like, what was that about? About the little blonde know. boy that like really know. shook you to your core all of a sudden. Like, were you him in your past life? Like, was there something going on in past lives? Like, let's touch on that for a second a little bit more because yes. you've done a lot of videos on past lives and reincarnation, yes. you know, folks who claim to have been in uh, past lives. And it is fascinating. Fascinating. People, if you have never watched some of these videos or just looked in and like, look them up or look up Kendall's channel. Like there are some really interesting stories about mm-hmm. people who claim to have lived incredible lives in the past and the details that they have and the things Incredible. that they know and the things that match up to, you know, old records. It's uh, unbelievable. That one case. Oh, I'm going to forget the name. I think it's James. It's he's James yeah. the third. Yeah. Where the they pilot. like fly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was a world war two pilot yep. or world war one. I, I don't remember, but he, he talks, totally was. He talks about his totally name, reincarnated pilot. Who his um, co-pilots were, how he so crashed, the name of the plane. And this kid was like three. Yeah, and he was talking about the Japanese the, and yeah. the bombs and being in a plane. He'd have these dreams. dreams. And this kid was three. It was yeah. unbelievable. And I truly believe that kids, since they are the closest to the other side, like are the closest to the other side. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel as though if, yeah, I agree. If there if there is, you know, past lives and, and stuff like that, I feel when you're a kid, you're freshest to that other life and as Mm -hmm. we are growing up i think our you know current situations kind of take over our mind and 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 poison whatever was left of that like old memory but do you ever like what is deja vu do you ever like (laughs) have this feeling that you're like god why do i have this weird feeling that i've like been here i've experienced this before i think everyone i feel like that's like a glitch in the matrix or something though because it's still like a memory from your current life like it's not like it's a memory from another time True, but then you're kind of like what if I don't know. Sometimes it's like 
I'll be like, was that a dream or did this really yeah. happen? But then if you want to talk about the matrix, like, okay, so are we really just a simulation? <laughs> oh God, let's not even get into <laughs> really that. Sims game. We need to do an episode on that. I want to hear, I bet people would be interested to hear. You Sometimes I think that. that I'm like, shit, what if yeah, we are right? a giant simulation? Nothing fucking matters. <laughs> I find that so <laughs> depressing. I hate that theory to be honest. Sometimes though, I find comfort in the thought of like, at the end of the day, Nothing it literally matters. doesn't matter. We're just on this giant rock that's flying well, around in space. I think it does matter. I tend to, I it think does, there is purpose. Like, it does, but how much can you control? Nothing. Like nothing really, right? <laughs> so does it really matter what's but going on? But I think on? it kind of does because I don't know. I mean, like I said, I personally really believe in reincarnation. I really like the idea that your soul like continues to evolve and that you like deal with unfinished business and like you kind of like move up in life or, you know, levels or like mm -hmm. maybe your soul is to go back a little bit and like your, your soul's constantly on a journey to like true enlightenment is what uh -huh. I feel like. And maybe you get to a certain point of wisdom or you've lived so many lives and experienced so many different things, which is why I think we go through hard things in life. I think the reason we have challenges such as like divorce, um, death, uh, loss of jobs or, you know, whatever it is, hard financial times. I think you go through whatever you go through because your soul needs yeah. to grow in that area needs to experience that. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, you'll hopefully not have to experience that in your next life. If you sure. like learn how to do with it or learn something. Right. Yeah. You know? That's I mean, self, self-growth at the end of the day personal growth whether yeah. you believe that it's growing for the next life or this life mm -hmm. yeah you can't deny the fact that those experiences are vital to who you are mm -hmm. as yeah. a human and i think i mean that's something i've like always at my core just felt like it just feels right to believe that even before i knew all these details about reincarnation and these amazing cases i mean yeah. that's really solidified my belief in it gosh yeah they're yeah but, some of them are wild yeah they really are I kind of love that I don't have any like solid beliefs though, that I like sort of believe this, sort of believe that I'm here, there, whatever. Me too. Because it doesn't like, I'm just able to go through life and experience and be open to new ideas as they come mm -hmm. and just adjust as I live. And I would love to hear a podcast of myself and like, you know, when I'm like 80 or something, yeah. hear what my final thoughts are as I exit the world. Yeah, you know? Totally. I think that's just kind of cool to be able to experience it all. Right. And kind of pick and choose. Yeah. Like, I'm so grateful for that. Absolutely. I agree completely. And, you know, not feeling like there, I have to like conform to a specific set of rules for me personally, like is something mm -hmm. that's very important to me and just in life in general, I don't like conforming to specific rules. I like kind of doing what feels right in the moment. Yeah. And doing what I want to do and not feeling like guilty about it. So, and some people are so the opposite. And like sure. I was saying earlier, like in a lot of ways, I'm kind of jealous of people that have organized religion because sure. I think it's such a good thing to meet up with a group of people who hopefully want to lift you up yeah, and at church you and, and yeah, make you feel good. A community. I think there's absolutely nothing wrong. And I think it's wonderful if you find a place, whatever that may be, whether that's a club or a sport or a, a church or, you know, mm -hmm. whatever, um, where you feel good at the end and you, you know, yeah. you just, you leave feeling good and you leave feeling inspired to be a better person there. That yeah. I think that is wonderful no matter where you find that. And hopefully I know it's not always the case, but I, I think it was supposed to be this way that religion is supposed to inspire people to be good. Right. Right. Like I feel like most religions teach you like, you do this, you do this, you yeah. be a good person. You yeah, be a good person yeah. to others. And maybe there's sometimes people are hypocrites with that, but that's the goal, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like you can learn some really good things. And um, Josh spent a lot of time in church growing up, and I think he learned a lot of good things from it. Yeah. Uh, like qualities. And I think there's a lot to, for me personally, to take. I think there's like many things to be taken from each religion. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of like, like eat the meat, spit out the bones part. Like at least for me, like what yes. I find to mm -hmm. be valuable, um, to something, you know, and applied to my life is great, right. but I'm also not like tied to anything. And for me personally, like I said, that's just really important also because of the fact that I, you know, was raised pretty much had no religion or anything like that. Uh, so, well, isn't it so interesting to think about how your parents have such an impact on what you end up believing in life. Uh -huh. Like most people who are religious in some type of organized religion are that are in that religion because their parents were Yeah, a lot of most yeah. people. Yeah. Um, and most people who aren't are that way because their parents weren't, mm -hmm. you know, they just didn't weren't exposed to it. Like imagine if you grew up in a house that was super religious. Yeah. I do wonder like 
how my life would be affected. Would I be different? I'm sure you would. And so then it just kind of goes back to the whole idea of like your upbringing is so, so strong. Mm -hmm. And are you ever really like supposed to be a specific someone, even though like what, like the, it's all like the butterfly effect. What happens if one little thing is different in your life, how different your entire life can be. Oh yeah. I know. I love thinking about that butterfly effect. Yeah. If you don't know what the butterfly effect it is basically yeah, the idea, one thing can make a ripple effect and cause a bunch of other things to happen or not happen. Yeah. Making one, you know, one different move in life. Like the biggest example of the butterfly effect is if JFK, if they missed when they shot him and he lived, yeah. how would the world be different? How would the world be different? Or what if how many things Nikola Tesla didn't didn't get screwed over yeah. and he like became the next world Einstein. renowned was in the, yeah exactly i mean edison edison, yeah. edison. Einstein. <laughs> um but yeah i know it's really interesting about how do you think that you've been able to come to terms more with the idea or not be so terrified of death because i feel like you've gotten a lot better like the fact that we can even have this podcast is huge for you yeah. i think that we can sit here and openly talk about something so intense. Like I remember for a long time, you'd kind of run away from things that scared you. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of things have, you know, played a fact in that one, I think, like I said, um, Grandy or grandpa passing away and me physically being there was almost like ripping off the bandaid for me of like mm-hmm. scared of like, Oh God, what's it going to be like being around a dead body? Like, is it crazy? Is, you know? And so it was kind of like, experiencing it as like, okay, you're okay. It's yeah. okay. And actually it was you kind of peaceful that. and, and beautiful, beautiful in a weird, way. A weird way. It was mm-hmm. more peaceful than seeing him. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. so sad to say this, but like flailing his arms around and like visibly angry and upset because mm-hmm. his tube is far so shoved down his throat. Like yeah. fuck that. He was so miserable. So it's like, you know, I would rather see him in peace. And that was almost kind of a way that I was like, God, it's okay. Like I, I, I'm okay. You know, I survived seeing him pass away. It's okay. I'm not traumatized by it. Not saying that some people aren't and that's completely fine. This was just my personal experience mm-hmm. um, of how I kind of got over you it. You made it through. You survived it. Yeah. And also I've been going through many and many a years of therapy people. Okay. And yeah. also I just graduated with my master's. So I feel like in a way I've been forced to, you know, think about these things as mm-hmm. there were clients who brought this subject into therapy and I'm not about to sit here and be like, Oh, I can't talk about it. It gives me too much anxiety. Like oh what God. the fuck kind of selfish shit is that? I can't imagine like my therapist being like, sorry, I can't go there. It's sorry. Don't talk about that. So, you know, obviously you have to know your own boundaries, but at the same time I was like, listen, mm-hmm. this is important to, you know, I, I'm not saying I'm, you know, fixed by any means. I'm still very scared of death. I would say this yeah. is probably my biggest fear in life. How can you compl- yeah. It's and really I'm, hard to like, who doesn't fear death at all? Right. Of course. Yeah. But I'm trying to let it, you know, just be what it is. And therapy helps people. That's really it what I does. owe it to is, um, my, you know, lots and lots of sessions of therapy, talking about it and kind of learning ways to cope with it when it was a lot of, I would have a lot of like intrusive thoughts about, like someone that I love, like getting into a bad accident and like, I couldn't like get the thought in my head or like uh-huh. something. And so I was able to, you know, find ways that I can kind of, you know, train myself to cope with it and not let it snowball into yeah. this giant stormy anxiety attack. Like, no, we're not going there right now. Janelle. we're not doing that. We're doing this instead. So, you know, there's mm-hmm. lots of different ways that you kind of figure out how to cope with that. But I mean, honestly, yeah, I, I, I really do owe it a lot to my therapist. Um, but at the mm-hmm. same time, like I to think make it manageable. Yeah. But at the same time, like you as the client, I really do believe like you're the one to make the change. So I give myself a pound the back because I have yeah. done some good work. I think you have for sure. But, you know, one thing I just thought of is because I was like that for a while too. Like it, for me, it was a much smaller and shorter part I of my life. But like right around the time Josh and I first started dating and I went off to college, just like going into the real world was like really intense for me and scary. And um, I was very like, and so much anxiety about something happening to Josh 
or sometimes my parents, like sometimes my parents would go out and they wouldn't answer their phone. They'd be yes. out at late at night and I'd be calling them and I'd be like hysterical because yeah. they weren't answering the phone or something. And it wasn't even that no. late. Like I would just get worried like, oh, they're Uber crashed yep. or something like. Worst thought scenario. Right. Yeah. And they're not answering and blah, blah, mm. blah, whenever. It's just they were in a loud place and didn't hear the right. phone. Yeah. Um, and like I always thought something would happen to Josh. I always thought he'd be like. Some, I'd find he's in a ditch. If he's not answering his phone, he's his car flipped and he's in a totally. ditch. Totally, I have that. Yep. And like, I would call him off. I would call him over and over again. And it used to drive him crazy. <laughs> and we were like, we were 18, 19 at this time. And he was like, this bitch is so controlling. Like always, like, where are, <laughs> are you? you? Are you dying? <laughs> like I was so, it was really obnoxious for a while. I was so scared of him for a while. Like oh, for a few years there, he had this really early morning job that was like an hour away. And he had to wake up at like four and drive in the dark. And I just would always think he'd like fall asleep at the wheel and crash. Crash. Oh. And I'd be like up in those oh, early morning scary. hours, like worrying about yep. him from whenever he, I woke up. And um, I think, I, I mean, I've gotten to a point where I never, never have moments like that anymore. I was going to say, you never think like that. I've really chilled out. And honestly, my therapist asked me, like, what do you think has chilled you out so much? Like, like, can we recreate that to like help with anxiety that you're having now? Yeah. And I was like, I don't know, dude, I think it was the weed. Like <laughs> the weed mellowed me oh out. God, I literally so told funny. him that I was like, it's helped me. I can't even tell you how much it's helped me. And I know for some people it makes it worse. Sure. It can. Uh, yeah. But for me, it has helped with the anxiety so, so, so much. But one thing I think mentally has helped me in so many ways is this spirituality, like yes. finding spirituality and, Yes. Manifestation. Yep. Um, I want to do an episode on manifestation because it is something that we both really believe in. We do. But I'm, we are kind of like trying to figure out how you actually make it a full episode on manifestation. Right. Like, it's like such a, it's kind of a simple concept. Right. What do we specifically talk about? So you guys have like, any ideas on. or like, yeah, if you guys, any of you are experts out there and want to come on, <laughs> let us know. <laughs> but like, I think it's so overused now and it's yeah, like, it's become it kind of like trendy Yeah, it is. and people really misuse it and yes. like, are like, Oh, if I just pin a picture of this car, it's going to show up in my driveway. Right. Right. It's right. like, I don't necessarily believe that it works quite like that. Yeah. But, um, I remember like, like times when I'd have anxiety in planes thinking it was going to crash at the end. Like mm -hmm. I would start manifesting like, landing on the ground, picturing the wheels, hitting the ground, um, picturing a long life with my, like if I ever worry about either of my parents passing, I picture them when they're like 85, like mm -hmm. try to picture them old. Yeah. Picture me and Josh old together. And I just have those thoughts and they comfort me because I truly believe that ha that picturing those things and seeing my life play out the way I want it to, will bring those things to me. I really do believe that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I believe that's that helped as me well. A lot. That's helped me a lot. Yes, I do believe that what, you know, type of vibration or radio signal, if you will, you're putting out is what you'll get back. Um, and I have found that, you know, kind of proof in my life before. And it's really interesting. And whether it is like hooey-haw or whatever, like, I don't really care. What did you just say? Hooey-haw? <laughs> hooey-haw. Like some oh. weird, like, <laughs> like, woo, like weird shit like i, I think some a lot pseudo of science exactly some i think a lot of people are like oh manifestation like even if it is that i don't really care it makes me feel comforted and makes me feel good and that's makes fine. you feel comforted 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 <laughs> comforted <laughs> it makes me feel comforted and it makes me feel good and that's it does. really all that i think i think that if you're using it you know for yourself and not pushing your beliefs on others oh that's yeah really i like to share it with people just because i think the concept's interesting yeah. but i never like push it on anyone because oh. i know it's so like I don't know if it's for sure true. Could all be in my head. Could be a placebo effect. Right. Could be a bunch of hooey. <laughs> That's what I was hooey. looking for. I, I mean, I feel like I've seen enough examples of it working in my life though. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I've manifested my God, my whole life, my whole life. It's really interesting. So I don't know. It's something I like, tr I've like seen the proof of mm -hmm. the USA seeing is believing and I've kind of seen it. So yeah. that's why I think for me, it's so strong. It is. But Absolutely. I'm really curious about what all of you think when it comes to what happens, like everyone is such a different interpretation of this kind of stuff. Totally. And, and I know, I mean, it's not unique to have a fear of death. No, it is <laughs> not. Doesn't everyone, everyone does. Yes. We all have sure. our own experience with it and, you know, varying degree of how, how much you struggle with the idea, but mm -hmm. you know, it's there for everybody. That's the thing is like, it's something that's so scary to everyone, but also is the thing that happens to all of us. Right. Yes, and Josh everyone. always tells me this. He loves this one quote. It was on his Facebook when I first met him. What's oh. it, Josh? Can we switch over to you for a second? Yeah, the quote Kendall's referring to is, 
a quote that I had on my Facebook page for a long time. And it's from J.R.R. Tolkien's uh, books, The Lord of the Rings. And it's actually a quote by, um, the quote is said by a character, Gandalf. And I'll just read the whole quote because it's about death and it's it's very good. It says, end, no, the journey doesn't end here. Death is just another path, one that we all must take. The gray rain curtain of this world rolls back and all turns to silver glass. And then you see it. And then the other character, Pippin, says, what, Gandalf? See what? White shores and beyond a far green country under a swift sunrise. And I've always loved that because mm-hmm. I've always kind of thought of that as like, you know, whatever's next, I hope it's as beautiful as that sounds. Mm, totally. I love that. I like that a lot. It's I very deep. like seeing that on Josh's Facebook. I was like, wow, oh, this dude's yeah. deep. Death Josh is would have that on his ass. I know. <laughs> Hell yeah. I know. Aww. Well, honestly, I feel like this has made me feel really good to just kind of talk. It has, talk honestly. Yeah, I was like, I don't really want to just keep like playing pretend like we're not like going through this really sad thing in our life yeah. on here. And it's so hard to get on here and just be like, Oh, it's so fun. Yeah. Which exactly. Which you know, we have been able to kind of like unplug from everything and yeah. just kind of have fun here, which is, which so has been great. awesome. But at the same time, like I really wanted to be able to have these, you know, more deeper discussions and more like intimate mm-hmm. moments. So thank you guys for um, sticking around. If you guys are watching till the end, I know this was probably a little bit heavy, but um, I really want to hear what you guys have to say in the comments and, and just kind of your thoughts on this whole thing in general. These are mostly mile higher viewers. I mean, they're deep. Totally. They're, they that's like what it. I'm saying. These homies are deep. They are. They are. But we'll be back next week. I think we're going to be talking about The Social Dilemma, yes. which is a Netflix documentary that just came out. So if you want, you could watch it yeah. in between the next time we upload so that you kind of like are in the know with that's what right. we're talking about. Yeah, yeah we I haven't even like, watched it yet. So yeah, it's going to be a good old reaction. For a treat. I've heard so too, and I'm pretty excited about it. Trippy. Anyways, guys, thanks again for joining us. We really appreciate all the love you guys have given us on the recent episodes, especially regarding our grandma. Just Mm -hmm. want to thank you again. It means a lot to our our whole family. Yeah, our whole family like cannot believe how sweet everyone's being. So thank you guys so much. We will see you on the next sesh. But until Until then, then, keep keep it fresh. fresh.